Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits, and welcome to you as you join in. Today I want to talk on, in episode 90, on the topic of the first and the last, and we hear that... um, We read that in a couple of places in the scriptures, and some of it is in the book of Isaiah, and some of it is in the book of Revelation. And I want to try to just address this very briefly today. This won't take long this morning, but I do want us to understand the beauty of our God, who is defined, has defined himself as the first and the last And I want us to understand what that means directly from Scripture, because Scripture gives us the understanding of that. And so today, I'm going to draw the text from Isaiah 44. And I'm going to look at Isaiah chapter 44, specifically verses 6 through... Let me turn the page. Let's see. Verses 6 through 8. And then he'll start talking about the idols and so forth after that. But I want to really focus on verses 6 through 8. In Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, it says this, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. So the Lord is speaking here and he's talking to Jacob. This whole chapter, he starts out yet here now, O Jacob, my servant and Israel, whom I have chosen. So he's talking to the people of Israel. He's talking to his chosen people. And so he says in verse six, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his redeemer, meaning Israel's redeemer, the Lord of hosts. And then he defines, I am the first and the last. Now that's found in also a couple of other places in Isaiah and four places in Revelation that I, that I specifically looked up. It's found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 11 and 17, Revelation chapter 2, verse 8, and Revelation chapter 22, verse 13. And it may be in a few other spots other than these as well. But these were the four that I specifically looked up. And then a couple here in other chapters of Isaiah for sure. So the Lord is telling us that one of the ways we understand him is as the first and the last. What does that mean? Well, I believe he defines it for us right here in the text. First of all, he says, I am the first and the last. And then he tells us, besides me, there is no God. In other words, I'm it. I'm the one and only. I am the one and only God. 
And then he begins to, to list a challenge in essence. He's like, okay, other people or other things you want to claim they're gods. Okay. Let's put it to the test. If they're so, if they're God, then who can proclaim as I do? Let them come, let them come and stand before me. Let them make these proclamations and see if they can tell the things from ancient times and if they can tell every detail of every single thing that is yet to come and that will in fact come to pass. He says, let them show them to me. If they're, if they're God, if they can rise to that challenge, if they think they're God like me, then let them come forth and do that. In, in essence, it's a rhetorical challenge because there is none. He defines that for us over here. He says, um, he says, do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You're my witnesses. In other words, Israel, I'm the one that told you. I'm the one that gave you all the Torah. I'm the one that gave you the Psalms. I'm the one that gave you uh, the kings. I'm the one that said what I was going to do and then fulfilled it with my hand. I'm the one that made the promise to Abraham. And you see it's come to pass. After 400 years, they went into slavery. They went into to bondage just like I prophesied. But now they're free. They came out. I brought them through the Red Sea. I'm the one that prophesied to David that he would have a son that would build the temple. And guess what? The temple's standing. You, you worship in it. I'm the one that declared these things. And I have both said these things with my mouth and I have fulfilled them with my hand. I'm the one who can declare a thing and it will come to pass. There is no other God besides him. That's what he's saying. That's what God is saying here. He says, is there a God besides me? Is there any other anywhere that can do those things? No, there is not. Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Now think about it. When Jesus said, when the Father says this, when the Lord is saying this, I know not one. And we know that our God is the three in one God. When the Lord spoke these words and said, I know not one. Think about this. This is his declaration to settle this issue. Indeed, in other words, this settles it. This is the whole point and can't be challenged. This is the truth. There is no other rock. I know not one. The God who is omniscient, meaning that he knows everything the Bible tells us from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. The Bible tells us that he sees even our very thoughts before we ever think them. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our words before they ever come out of our mouth. The Bible tells us that he knows the end from the beginning. He knows it all. And so the God who is all-knowing and can look all the way backward to the beginning of time and all the way forward to throughout eternity and timelessness cannot find one anywhere. He knows that it is a non-existent thing. He is the all-knowing God. He's the all-seeing God. He is El Roy, the God who sees me. He is the God who can see in every uh, nook and cranny, crevice, he can see in every age of time. He can see in every hour of time and every minute. He's the all-seeing God. He's the omnipresent 
God, the one that that is everywhere. Now, when we say that, I want to clarify one thing, because there are heretical teachings now about, you know, God's in the trees and God's in in the dirt and God's in whatever. God is omnipresent everywhere. But, you know, it's just like if I walked into a forest, I'm not in the trees. I happen to be a present in the forest, but that doesn't make me a part of the tree. God is everywhere, but he is a spirit being. He is, he is not, he is not, he is real, but he is not in inanimate things like that. So don't fall for those heretical lies, but he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. That's why he's with me as much as he can be with every other child of the living God. He is with us. He is going before us, the scriptures tell us. I mean, he, he is awesome. He's just awesome. There aren't words that we can choose to describe him. We run out of words. He's so wonderful. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful, has all might. If this God... This omnipresent, omniscient, all-seeing, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful God says, I know not one, then it's a non-existent thing. There is not one. He is the first and the last, the only one who is God, and the one who is worthy of our lives, of our affections, of our love, of our worship, and of our service. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is the first and the last. And there is no other rock besides him. Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. If you don't know him, come to know him. Oh, come. He's calling for you to come and believe in him. Oh, he wants to make you a part of his family. That's an invitation that you're receiving even right now if you don't know him. And if you've somehow stumbled upon this message or you've chosen to listen or whatever, God is calling you. God is wooing you. And he wants you to become a part of his family. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to repent of your sins that have separated you from God and call upon his name for salvation. And he will save you. If you are sincere and you repent of your sins and call out to him, he'll save you right where you are. You might be driving in your car or, or doing dishes or whatever you're doing. God can save you right where you are, right now, in this very moment. And he can give you a brand new life. Peace with God and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life so that you have an eternal home in heaven to look forward to. And he is inviting you now to join him and to become his child. And I pray that you will do that because there is no other God. There is no other rock that you can hold on to and trust in. There is no other one to worship but him, the first and the last, the one and only God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for other truth tidbits. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>